The Carter Report presents worship from the Community Adventist Fellowship in Glendale, California. A special welcome to all of our viewers in North America and our new friends and churches in Russia. Today, you'll enjoy outstanding music and the preaching of the everlasting gospel by pastor, teacher, and evangelist John Carter. Please get your Bible and study the Word of God with us today. Thank you for joining us for Worship and Praise.
The topic today is how to survive in a sewer, part two. And I want to give a special welcome to our viewers on 3ABN across Canada, the United States and the Caribbean, and uh, our viewers on cable networks throughout Los Angeles. Today I'm going to tell you from the Word of God how you and I can be a Christian in a pagan society. How you and I can be a Christian in pagan Los Angeles. Uh, you may say to me, uh, just wait on because this is not a pagan society, we are a Christian nation. Uh, you may say to me today, uh, just remember we are not living in uh, Papua New Guinea where you have so many heathen people. Uh, we don't live in a country where they're cannibals. Uh, this is a Christian society. You may say, uh, remember, we're not living in a Hindu country where they worship many different sorts of gods. Uh, we do not live in the land of Burma where they're animists. Uh, we don't live in Borneo where they worship all the spirits of their ancestors. And so, while a talk how to survive in a pagan society may be relevant to those societies. How can it be relevant to us who are living here in this great country that we believe is the greatest country on the face of the earth, the United States of America? I would like to say this to you today, and I've heard Steve Bolt say this to you, and I can reinforce this today. I believe with all my heart that the culture in which we find ourselves is no longer a Christian culture. I believe that our culture in Los Angeles and in the United States of America is basically a pagan culture with a tiny veneer of Christianity which gives it a certain aura of respectability. But I believe that through the teaching of humanism and secularism that our nation has become a pagan culture where people have turned away from God. I believe this that all of this paganizing of our society has so caught up on us so imperceptibly that many of us are not aware that the culture in which we find ourselves is no longer a Christian culture. And because this is so, it is so tremendously easy for each one of us to conform to the culture around us and to become paganized in our thinking. Now the talk today is the third in a series on moral values. It is the third in the series on traditional family values. And today I want to show you from the living word of God how you and I can maintain our Christian integrity and how we can be sons and daughters of God while we live in a pagan society. How we can survive in a sewer. I would like you to take your Bible today and I want you to read God's description of the sewer. Would you please take your Bible and turn to the book of Romans that describes the ancient Roman world, which is also a description of our own society today. I'd like you to turn with me, please, to the book of Romans, chapter 1. And we're going to start with verse 16, which is a great positive text. And I want you, please, if you don't mind, to notice the text, uh, because it's going to do something to our hearts as we read this text. And then I'm going to read you a description of the sewer. The sewer that is all pervasive. The sewer 
of human depravity. Romans chapter 1 verse 16, Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. I want to remind every person today this truth that these verses were written in the context of absolute depravity. And the Bible tells me that the grace of God is greater than any human depravity. There is nothing on the face of this earth, above this earth, or under the sea that is so depraved that it can pluck us out of the hand of God when we come to Jesus through the power of the gospel. Now, I want you to notice the sewer as it existed in the days of the Roman Empire. Now, next Sabbath, I'm going to talk about marriage. I'm going to talk about human sexuality and also about perverted sexuality. And this also is described in this chapter. Romans chapter 1 and verse 20 says, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. The Bible teaches that God has given sufficient evidence so that every person can know that there is a living God, and so that the human race in the judgment will be without excuse. Verse 21 says, Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their hearts, and their foolish hearts were darkened, professing to be wise, they became fools. And I want to say this to you today. Whenever man turns away from the source of truth, he becomes a fool. It doesn't matter if he's got 20 PhDs or 30 DDs. Any man outside of the will of God and the knowledge of God, the Bible says he becomes a fool. And the Bible here is describing the ancient world, the, the days of the Caesars. And the Bible talks about this great civilization of ancient Rome that turned away from the truth about creation. And the Bible says they became fools. I want to say to every person here today, our only hope is in a faith in God. Because when we turn from God and when we turn from Scripture, the Bible tells us that the greatest man, the greatest intellect, becomes in the sight of God the greatest of fools. And so these people, the Bible says, became fools. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lusts of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie, and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions, for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. This is talking about the practice of lesbianism. Likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another, men with men committing what is shameful. This is talking about homosexual relationships and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. 
And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. And so the Bible says these, these abnormal acts are not fitting. Verse 29 says, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, or as the Greek says, they are gossips, they're slanderers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. I say to you today, what a fearful picture of the human race, Norm. Here is a picture of the ancient Roman world as it turned away from God and civilization became a sewer. And into that civilization came a man preaching a story that said, I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God to salvation, even to people who are born into that sewer. I want every person to know this today, that corruption need not make us corrupt. Did you hear this? Just because I am born in a sewer, just because I am born in a race of profligates where black is white and up is down and everything is relative and people are cursed with the process of, of synthesis where they cannot reason logically anymore and nothing is, is absolute, nothing stands out clearly but everything is vague even if I am born and bred in that environment if I will get to know the creator God then there is hope for me there is hope for my family there is hope for my children and there is hope for my church I would suggest this to you today that this fearful description of the sewer of ancient Rome is a fitting description of our own civilization in Australia and particularly here in Los Angeles I want you to notice the cover of the latest Time magazine it is entitled America the Violent doesn't it almost bring tears to your eyes America the Violent crime is spreading we don't know what to do. America, the violent, should it not say, America, the golden, America, the blessed. God shed his grace on thee. God raised you up to, to be a haven, a haven for an oppressed people. It was raised up to believe in the great truths of the Protestant reformers. It was raised up to be the woman of Bible prophecy to defend the truth of God. And what does Time Magazine call her? America. America, the violent. 
Do I need to prove it to you? I do not need to prove it to a congregation that sits here in Los Angeles. I do not need to give to you today the horrendous catalog of crimes that are polluting this nation. Murders, rapes, robberies, child abuse, dishonesty, fraud, deception. Every time, my friend, you and I turn on the television, the sewage comes into our living rooms. Every time we open a newspaper, the sewage comes into our, into our homes. When you go down the streets of Hollywood, when you go around the streets of Los Angeles, even when you look at the billboards, you can see the evidence of man's rejection of God because the sewage is everywhere present. It is flooding our society. And unless you and I understand the seriousness of the situation, we will become corrupted by it. Coming back on the plane yesterday from Toronto, Beverly had bought uh, at the newsstand the latest copy of Newsweek magazine. What a story! It was a story that discusses the breakdown of family life in these great United States. And it is a story written by people who do not profess to be believers in God. And you say, where will this end? And we know where it is going to end. It is going to end in the coming of Jesus. These are signs of the times. But until Jesus comes, I want to tell you, my friend, until Jesus comes, you and I need to learn to survive in the sewer. Because you and I have no option about the sewer. The sewer is here. How to survive in the sewer. Let me tell you. that there was a man who was born in a sewer and who was uncorrupted. I want you to turn now from Romans that describes the world of his day and to come to John chapter 1 that describes his early days in this world. Philip found Nathanael, said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Jesus said to him, Philip said to him, Come and see. What was so significant, I ask you, about Nazareth? Jesus was brought up in Nazareth. Nazareth had a stinking reputation, <laughs> like Hollywood. I spoke last Sabbath about the hyenas of Hollywood and about the plot to corrupt America. I quoted to you from the book, Hollywood Against America. We spoke about the, the fearful depravity that is coming like a great flood of sewage out of Hollywood. Hollywood has a name that stinks in the world. Wasn't always so, but it is so today. And when Jesus was brought up in Nazareth, he was brought up in a place that had a fearful reputation. 
a reputation for violence and rottenness and corruption of every sort, all types of immorality. And when the man said, we have found him of whom the prophet spoke, Jesus of Nazareth, and he comes from this little town, little in size but big in sin, he comes from Nazareth. The man said, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Listen, this is important for your comfort and your edification. Jesus was born and bred in a corrupt society. Jesus was brought up in the sewage. But Jesus was not corrupted. I want you to hear what I'm saying and I want it to sink down into your ears and into the cells of your mind. Listen, corruption doesn't need to make me corrupt. The sewage around me does not need to get into my system. I can live in a corrupt society, but I need not become corrupt. I need not become like the world around me. I need not have their twisted thinking in my brain. I need not be permeated by their pornography. The question is, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And the answer is, yes. The question is, can any good come out of Los Angeles? And the answer is yes. Can any good come out of Hollywood? The answer is yes. Can anything good come out of the sewer besides rats? And the answer is yes. You see, while Jesus lived in the sewer, Jesus lived above the sewer. And he lived, I want to say it again, in an age that was noted for its corruption, but Jesus was not corrupted. I want to talk to you on this thought. How did Jesus survive the sewer? Because when you look at Jesus, you can see in Jesus qualities that we need to look at very carefully and emulate because how he survived the sewer will tell me how I can survive the sewer. Jesus did not seek separation and uh, isolation from the corrupt society around him. Now, I know today that some people think the solution is to leave society, and some folks are doing this. I say God bless them even though I think they're desperately wrong. And people go and live in religious ghettos, Adventist communities, up in the hills, and there they say we can emulate the character of Jesus because we have escaped the sewer. That does not work. And I will tell you why it doesn't work. 
Jesus wants his children now to change the figure of speech to be the salt that permeates the world. Jesus wants his children to be in Los Angeles. He wants them to be in Hollywood. He wants them to be on the streets of New York. Jesus wants me to walk in the sewer, but not be contaminated by the sewer. So Jesus didn't go and live with the Essenes down at Qumran. Jesus lived in Nazareth. Can any good thing come out of that filthy hole? The answer is yes, Jesus. Would you come over here to Hebrews chapter 2? And uh, this is a book that is written to Christians to encourage them to keep looking up when things are looking down. Hebrews chapter 2. And it talks about Jesus. Hebrews chapter 2. And verse 9, but we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he by the grace of God might taste death for everyone, for it was fitting for him for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons to glory, to make the author of their salvation perfect how? Through suffering. Jesus came and lived among us. And chapter 4 and verses 14 to 16 says, chapter 4 of the book of Hebrews and verses 14 to 16 says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. He lived among us as a real man. Therefore, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Jesus did not go and live in some religious ghetto. Jesus came and stayed with his people and Jesus stayed where the sewerage was. Now listen carefully to what I'm going to say because what I'm going to say now is not very, very profound uh, it's not new, uh, it's not novel. If you come to hear me preach, and if you come to think you're going to hear some amazing new revelation of truth, you will certainly be disappointed. I do not preach new truth, I preach the old truth of the Bible. Amen. Let me tell you how Jesus survived in the sewer. This is important. Jesus didn't concentrate on the sewer. Jesus looked above the sewer to his father's face. There is a statement that I like using. I've used it for years because I know it's true. It says, whatever gets your attention gets you. Say it with me. Whatever gets your attention gets you. Say it again. Whatever gets your attention gets you. Listen to me. The Bible says, rising up a great while before day, Jesus went out into a solitary place, and there he prayed. The Father got his attention. 
If the sewerage gets your attention, the sewerage will get you. If pornography gets your attention, pornography will get you. If hate gets your attention, hate will get you. If violence gets your attention, violence will get you. If Rambo gets your attention, Rambo will get you. Whatever gets your attention, if it's gossip that gets your attention, the gossip will get you. Whatever gets your if yourself gets your attention, if depression gets your attention, depression will get you. But if God gets your attention, God will get you. Whatever gets your attention, gets you. Whatever you look at, you'll become. What do I do then? I'm in a sewer. I turn on the television and the sewerage comes in and it floods the living room. My friend, in the name of God, stop the sewerage and turn it off. Turn it off. Turn it off. Say, you will not invade my home. You say, you know, wouldn't it be great if I could say something now which was so stintillating and so intellectual that you would all be amazed? What I say to you is this, if you and I are going to survive in the sewer, we need to emulate the life of Jesus and spend a lot of time with the Father in prayer. You see? It is spending time with God. Uh, I guess I'm as busy as most of you. I will tell you, I am a weak stumbling sinner I am born in a state of sinfulness I cannot exist in the sewer unless I am on my knees before God saying Lord help me Lord give me strength I am not strong enough. I cannot be the person you want me to be. I cannot be the Christian you want me to be. I cannot have the integrity that I ought to have. I cannot be anything that you want me to be in myself because the sewage is all around me. And I am weak. The Bible tells us In the book of Hebrews, that Jesus prayed with tears unto his Father who was able to save him. When did you last weep a little when you prayed? You listen to me. And may this get down into your soul today. If you spend more time looking at the sewerage than you do looking at Jesus, then the sewerage is going to swamp you. Why do we discover that here is apparently a great man doing a great work, and then we read of a terrible moral fall? It's happening all the time. We're driving through uh, Toronto. 
And uh, the man who was in the car said, See that great church? A church seats 10,000, a great church. Oh, they, st they just had a catastrophe. The pastor has been discovered to be doing some awful sin. And the church now is traumatized. My friend, that does not happen like that. An angel does not become a devil overnight. It is the permeation of the soul with the sewerage of the world. I want to say to the parents here, and remember last week we had those beautiful little children up the front and we asked God to bless them. Every time, almost every time they turn on television, they look at this turtle stuff that in one hour has 75 acts of violence. And you say it's harmless stuff. The sewerage is getting into those little minds. It's getting down into those little minds. When they look at cartoons like The Simpsons, that you say it's nothing wrong with it, it's great. It is sewerage. It is saying mum and dad are crazy. They're nuts. Little kids know more than mum and dad. What it is, is it's telling them? It is saying that the marriage is not important. The latest Time magazine says that 85% of the new sitcoms that are out for this season feature one-parent families. You don't need a mum and a dad anymore. You just need one parent these ideas are completely pagan concepts. They are anti-God. They are anti-American. They are anti-everything we believe in. They are anti-truth and they are anti-you. Jesus was born into a society that didn't have television, but they had prostitutes just the same. They had it all. But Jesus rose up a great while before day, went out, and he got down on his knees, and he prayed to his Father. There's something else Jesus did. You don't need to look up the text because you know it off by heart. The Bible tells us that Jesus went into the wilderness, and he was tempted for 40 days, 40 nights. He was hungry. He's starving. And the tempter came to him and said, If you're the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Jesus was talking to the inventor of the sewerage. But he didn't look like the inventor of the sewerage. He looked like a movie star. He looked like a producer out of Hollywood. And he said, do a trick. Do a miracle. Command that these stones be made bread. And Jesus said, it is is written man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God Jesus was safe from the sewerage when he was filled with the holy word of God listen to me this is not a smart saying, it is not a new saying, it is not a sensational saying, it just happens to be the truth. Listen to this. The people who survive the sewerage and the filth and the depravity 
are the people who spend time reading the Bible, not to bolster up their own opinions, to belt somebody over the head with some smart theological concept, but they read and they study the scriptures to get victory over sin in their lives because they want to come to Christ and they want to be broken because they want to be healed because they want to be restored and so they spend time with the Holy Word of God I want to tell you when I have discovered that men have been living a double life and all of a sudden they are gone they are collapsed and a great television ministry or a great radio ministry is destroyed and people stand off and they say but the man was doing those awful things the man was visiting prostitutes and it is invariably discovered that the man had given up prayer and Bible study a long time ago. I want to say to you today, we are in the midst of a tremendous battle and I cannot give you scintillating new ideas. I cannot say to you, if you do so-and-so, and if you memorize so-and-so, and if you go to this therapist, or if you go to this counselor, you are going to be safe, because I know that it is not true. I will tell you today, there is one way to escape the sewage, and that is not to look at the sewage, but to look at the Son of God. Amen. Spend time with Jesus. Spend time in prayer. And have family worship. Bring your kids to church. I want to say to the mother or the father today who says, well, I'm not going to bring my kids to church. I'm going to let them do what they want to do so that they don't turn away from it, so that I, I don't come on too strong. And then when they grow up, they can do whatever they want to do. I can tell you right now what they're going to want to do. They're going to want to swim in the sewage. That's what they want to do. My heart goes out to mothers today and to fathers who've got little children. It's harder today to bring up children than it was 20 years ago or 30 years ago because the sewage is everywhere. But I want to tell you this, corruption need not corrupt. Hear it, corruption need not corrupt but listen I've talked to you about Jesus and how Jesus lived above the sewage and you say to me that's all very well for Jesus but I'm already contaminated by the sewage I am contaminated I want to say to every person sitting here today every one of us to a greater or lesser extent is contaminated we're contaminated in the way we think. We're contaminated in our shaky business deals. We're contaminated by the, the spirit of the world that has come in with such power that it has overborne all of our finer sensibilities. So for a person who is contaminated by the sewage, what message is there for that person today? 
Who here has heard of the city of Corinth? Read it in my commentary last night, the city of Corinth. In the temples of Corinth, they had 1,000 slave girls who were professional religious prostitutes. It was a part of the service they rendered to God. It was the duty of every man once a year to go to the temple and to go with a temple prostitute. And when the Apostle Paul went to Corinth, he waded through the sewage and he came with a message for the people in Corinth who had already, unlike Jesus, who had already been contaminated by a flood of sewage. Let me show you what God says to the person who is contaminated. Would you come to Corinthians, please? Please come to the book of Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, his message to people who have already been corrupted, dear friends. 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 21 and onwards, the message of God to people who are waiting in the sewage. This is a message for people living in Los Angeles and other cities, people living everywhere because today the sewage is everywhere. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21, For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, the world through its universities and its philosophers and its great teachers and its great uh, professors does not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For Jews request a sign and Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness to the people in Hollywood foolishness but to those who are called both Jews and Greeks Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men Therefore, what is the message, Steve, to the person who is corrupted by the sewage? What is the message to the person here today who says, uh, it's no good telling me not to get corrupted and contaminated? I am contaminated. What is the message? The message is this. There is a fountain filled with blood, drawn from Emmanuel's veins, and sinners plunge beneath that flood, lose all their guilty abstains. The message that is the antidote to the sewer system is the blood of Jesus. He says, it is the power of God to salvation. He says that the story of a man crucified on the cross, bearing our sins, 
bearing our guilt, taking the sewerage on his own soul. That is the power of God to salvation. He says to the world, it's foolishness. Laugh about it. They deride it. In Hollywood, they laugh at the family. They, they laugh at the Christians. They laugh at the Bible. The Bible says, Paul says, they say it's foolishness. But we know it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes. So, for all of us who are contaminated with the sewerage, what we need to do, listen carefully, is to put it, the sewerage under the blood of Jesus. And when the sewerage is under the blood of Jesus, the sewerage loses its power. On Thursday, when I saw our new television documentary, Sunrise Over Russia, that ends up with, my eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. Uh, you're going to get that. It's just a wonderful story. It makes you proud to be part of something which is so great as the preaching of the gospel. You see there Sergi, a member of the Russian Mafia. <laughs> In the latest Newsweek magazine, it has a whole article on the Russian Mafia and says it makes the American Mafia look like a bunch of kids. The Russian Mafia is so vicious, so bloodthirsty, so godless, uh, so, so evil. And in our video, you see Sergi, a member of the Russian Mafia, who a year ago came to the meetings and heard that there's a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And on the video, Sergi says, I was a member of the Mafia. I was a drug dealer. I did many, many evil things. But I came to Jesus, and his face is shining. Two other Mafia members, we baptized them also. But the Mafia bosses came to them in Russia and said, unless you renounce this Christ, we will put you to death in a way that is horrible. And Sergi said, take the world, but give me Jesus. His two friends gave up Christ. And Sergi today is a member of the church, a deacon in the church. And the mafia bosses were so moved by his testimony, wait till you hear this, that they frankly forgave him all. They said, you can be a Christian. You can be a Christian. I talked to Sergi as we were driving down the street with my dear friend Alexander, the Russian. We pulled up beside this car and he said through the translator, a member of the mafia is in the car next to me. And I looked, he said, you baptized him last year. He said, Basil, the conference president, is still scared of him, even though he is a Christian, because the mafia, the Russian mafia, is so vicious. Sergi was up to here in the sewerage. He was polluted. He was corrupted. But he came to Jesus, and Jesus washed the sewerage off him. <laughs> Filled him with the Holy Spirit. 
And even though the sewage is all around Sergi today, even though he's in the sewage, he's also above the sewage. Saved by grace. I want to deliver this final message to every person sitting here today, to the mothers with children. Don't take one word of this lightly today. Don't think this is just a little story to entertain you. Your children are getting swamped and maybe you're to blame because you let them watch anything on television. Maybe you let them read any books. Maybe you don't listen to the, the words of the songs they sing the words that glorify violence, the killing of cops, and the vicious, the violent rape of females, and the mutilation of their bodies. Maybe you're not aware of those things. It's time that you woke up, mother, father, and came to the recognition that you are in a battle for the salvation of your little boys and girls that God has given you. I want to say to every man and woman sitting here today that this sewage is so pervasive maybe it's got into your business and the business deals you do are a little crooked and you justify dishonesty by saying well it's business that's the sewage. Maybe there's someone here today and you engage in lies about your brother, you're covered with the sewage, you're drinking it. I want you to know today that we can't get away from the sewage, we, it's no good going up into the mountains because the sewage will come to you there. Maybe it'll walk to you. But there's one thing I can tell you, while we cannot escape the all-pervasiveness of the sewage, by the grace of God, we need not be corrupted by it. I want you to know today that through the precious blood of Jesus and through holy communion with God in prayer and the systematic reading of the scriptures, you and I who live in the sewage will also by the grace of God live above it and we will be conquerors saved by grace.